Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Full Access OK. I'm Skylar Cooper with Steve Berg. Hello. And welcome back to episode two here. We're just getting going in this new podcast space. And really what we want to do, Steve, if this is the first time people are checking out the podcast, we want to highlight cool things around town, not just Tulsa specific, but could be all over Oklahoma. Yeah, Full Access Oklahoma began with an idea. We thought, you hear all the time from people, gosh, there's just nothing to do in Tulsa. It's boring, whatever. Yeah, we're probably guilty of even saying that ourselves on any given weekend. Like, what is there to do in Tulsa? And we thought there must be some things that we're not aware of, things that are interesting. And sure enough, when we got to asking around, we, you know, asked friends, family for ideas on what are some neat things to do in Tulsa that maybe people don't know about, the list grew pretty quickly. We want to make sure Oklahoma and Tulsa get the credit they deserve for for being a pretty cool place places. Yep. So we're going to highlight a lot of things across the state. Uh, a lot of it's going to be in Tulsa because we happen to be here. Um, but so far, we've got some great things lined up. Hopefully you checked out our first episode on the Tulsa Botanic Garden. And today we're talking about something else that really people worldwide know about. They know about it, but there are some things in there about Route 66 that maybe you don't know. For example, did you know the original alignment of Route 66 changed through Tulsa Changed after it began uh, six years later in 1932. Started in 1926, but then changed in 1932. And some of the biggest fans of Route 66, because I, you know, I mentioned worldwide, people come to America just to drive on this road. Yeah. In fact, uh, as we found out from our special guest, who we'll talk about here in a second, that uh, for a while there, the majority of people that were coming to see Route 66 were from outside the U.S. One of the things that we bet you don't know about Route 66, one of the things that I didn't know is that the head of the Route 66 Association for Oklahoma was best friends with Skyler's older brother. That's right. Reese Martin uh, and my brother Nick, they were really good friends in high school. In fact, when they both moved out of the house for the first time, they were roommates, very first uh, roommates together. So I've literally known Reese since I was six or seven years old. The person I know who's the most expert on Route 66 is Reese Martin. He is the president of the Oklahoma Route 66 Association. And gosh, I've known you almost my whole life. I know. Whenever uh, you reached out to talk to me, I thought, gosh, I've known this guy since his brother threw him across the living room when we were in high school. So, <laughs> that's, yeah, uh, that great. sounds about right. <laughs> I think I was probably seven or eight when uh, when we first met. But yeah, you went to high school with my brother uh, out in Broken Arrow uh, before we moved away to Skytook. So it's fun that we've both come, you know, to a place in life that we're we're still speaking on stuff. Yeah, you know, it's a Tulsa is a small town when you get down to it. So just first question about your background in the Route 66 world. What got you interested and how did you get to where you are? Well, I got interested in Route 66 first as a photographer. I was out driving, taking pictures of, you know, the abandoned stuff, the restored stuff. Uh, and then it was in uh, 2015, not really that long ago, that I drove up to Missouri uh, to join a whole bunch of other Route 66 fans to help bring attention to a bridge that was going to get torn down. And, you know, I started listening to all these folks that were super passionate and so I started to ask, how can I help? And now here I am. 
That's pretty cool. And, you know, Steve, it's a little bit embarrassing, just like we said last week, for me to be a Tulsa native, and I don't feel like I have a real good history on Route 66. Yeah, I don't either. So, yeah, this will be beneficial for us as well as our listeners. Similarly, I had to leave and come back to Tulsa before I started paying attention to Route 66. Um, started seeing all the places that either needed a little help or just needed people to let people know these places are here and they're worth your time. Why is Route 66 so important and, at this point, popular? Because it's a growing thing. It really is. So, I mean, Route 66 is almost 100 years old. It celebrates its centennial in 2026. Uh, And it's really, the road represents so much. It's become more than just a road. It's a symbol of so many things. Uh, In the 20s, it was the way west for folks escaping the Dust Bowl for a better life in California. In the build-up to World War II, it was one of the earliest paved highways, so the military used it for maneuvers and to help prepare for our entry into that conflict. After that, it was the way west to see the Grand Canyon and for family vacations. Um, It had songs and movies and television shows. And so by the time the interstates came through and a lot of the old highways were bypassed, 66 was already a bit of a legend. And so you had people stand up across all of the eight states that it goes through to say, well, this road's still here. It's still important. We're still here. And especially when cars came out in the 2000s and told that story to a whole new generation, it it just got a, a, a whole new life. And I'm, I'm so happy that it's still vibrant and you can drive Route 66, especially in Oklahoma, and still have a wonderful experience. Steve, you mentioned earlier that Route 66 actually sort of changed course in Tulsa. It's always confused me because I know a couple of spots in town get credit for being Route 66. Yeah, and Reese is a walking encyclopedia of Route 66 knowledge, and so he filled in some the gaps for us on the history of the Mother Road from when it started way back in 1926. So where does Route 66 come into Tulsa? So Route 66 today, like it always has, comes in on 11th Street from County Line on its way in from Catoosa. Uh, Originally in 26, when the road was established, 11th Street wasn't fully paved into downtown. So when you got to Mingo, it jogged north up to where the traffic circle is today and then came in on Admiral. Uh, But then in 1932, they put a little bridge over Mingo Creek there, fully paved 11th, and they said, you know what, it's easier to come straight through on 11th, and so that's why we have two alignments here in Tulsa. But it always crossed the Arkansas River at the 11th Street Bridge, and always came down Southwest Boulevard, where we are today. So what, is is there a formal route, and then the other was sort of honorary, or how does that look? Well, depending on how deep you get into it, you got folks that talk about the original alignment, which is Admiral in the Kendall Whittier area, and the, which goes through downtown. Then the historic alignment, most people consider 11th Street because it was Route 66 for the longest. And then there's some folks that are like, well, I-44 was Route 66 technically for a few years. And people get real detailed with this kind of stuff. I've, I've got friends that go out in the desert to find old alignments, you know, out in New Mexico and California. And that are in the weeds and on all this other kind of stuff. I I don't get quite that detailed into it, but it's fun to learn from these folks that are passionate about all these different little aspects of the road over its history. Is that why the Blue Dome building is sometimes considered to be part of Route 66? Because for a while it was on the the jog? That's right. Yeah, from 26 to 32, it came in on 2nd Street there and then snaked through downtown a little S-shaped. So, um, you know, it, it's all Route 66. It's, it's all important, even if it was only 66 for a couple of years, we all get to celebrate together. And how do we come out of that part of town and kind of get to where we are here? So coming in on 11th Street, which again is the most common way people travel 66, it comes into the little another little traffic circle there at Elgin, right by the Warehouse Market building, and then keeps 
you know, when the, when the interstate came through, some of those roads got jockeyed around a little bit. So you snake around uh, the south part of the IDL, and then you take a left on Southwest Boulevard with that beautiful statue of Cyrus Avery, who's the father of Route 66, who's uh, a native, uh, not a native Tulsan, but he's an adopted Tulsan, we say, because uh, he moved here and had his huge impact uh, when he lived in Tulsa. He helped build that original 11th Street Bridge across the Arkansas River. And without that bridge, um, many people feel that 66 wouldn't have come through Missouri and Oklahoma. It would have taken a more straight shot across the plains. But because that was the newest and safest way to cross the Arkansas River, Cyrus was able to say, you know what, if we come through my town of Tulsa, you know, it's going to work out best for everybody. And not only does that make him the father of Route 66, but that's why we're called the capital of Route 66. I have heard that nickname, Steve, but I didn't know that he was so pivotal in, in getting it here. Yeah, and that bridge was also at risk of being torn down at one point, right? The Cyrus Avery Bridge over the Arkansas? It still is, off and on. I mean, if you've been over there, it's gated off. It's not safe to cross on foot or any other way. It's been closed since the 80s. Uh, and so the city of Tulsa, we have a Tulsa Route 66 commission here, which uh, the charge there is to kind of help promote and preserve Route 66 in the city of Tulsa. And that bridge is always like the, the big ticket item because uh, it's over $20 million to rehab that bridge. And, you know, that's just a lot of money to bite off for that. So there's all kinds of ideas about restoring it or repurposing it or doing something with it. But we definitely don't want to see it get demolished. Yeah. But it's still at risk. It is still at risk. It's just, you know, it's just in bad shape and it's just going to cost a lot of money to get it fixed up. But, you know, we haven't given up. We, we still come up with ideas and try to get more people engaged. And, of course, we're hoping with the Centennial coming up, maybe we get some, some, some real heavy hitters engaged with, with the Centennial and can help with that heavy lift. You and I have talked a few times about some of the efforts to sort of I don't know if revitalize is the right word, but just bring some good attention to Route 66 around here. The road markers we talked about at some point last year, there's the campaign for neon. Uh, but there's also just a collection now of businesses over on 11th, like uh, Mary Beth with, uh, with the Buck Adams. You've got Mother Road Market. Do you think those type of things are helping in this effort? 100%. You know, if you drove down 11th Street, like in the mid-2000s, you know, you'd think, you know, it was really not anything special. A bunch of car lots and, you know, buildings that need a little bit of help and stuff like that. Uh, and you go dri drive down it today, even from 10 years ago, and it has transformed dramatically. And, you know, some of these programs have helped with that. The Neon Sign Grant has been around for three years, and we have 51 signs that have now lit up uh, on both across both alignments here in Tulsa. Uh, which help bring attention to the corridor, but it also helps bring business. Uh, and that's what it's about. You know, traveling Route 66 isn't just about, you know, getting a cheeseburger and a milkshake and that kind of thing. It's about stopping and visiting with the people that make it special. You mentioned Mary Beth. She's a very prime example of somebody that you don't just stop at Buck Adams to get a picture with that big muffler man. you got to meet Mary Beth and hear her story. And that's how a 10-minute stop turns into about an hour. But, but that's the joy of the road, is getting to go through and, you know, spend a little money on these unique places that you can only find in these communities. Communities, uh, but then also these are memories and stories you'll have the rest of your life. So Skyler, as you well know, America expanded from east to west throughout its history, and naturally, a big part of the Route 66 mystique is because of all the countless families before the interstate highway system who headed out west on vacation to see that part of America for the very first time. So we decided to touch on some of the Route 66 attractions through Tulsa, going from east to west, and we asked Reese the impossible question. Something I was also curious about, what are the best stops along the way? What do you have to see as you're on Route 66 going through Tulsa? Boy, that, that's tough. It's, it's like picking a favorite kid. Um, 
Uh, so I'll say most travelers, when they come in, will come in on 11th Street. They'll, they'll have stopped at the Blue Whale in Catoosa because that's an absolute must stop for everybody. It's tremendous. Uh, but then you come in, uh, Fire Station 66 out at 145th and 11th is a really great kind of entry point into Route 66 in Tulsa. You know, it's an active fire station, of course, but they renumbered themselves to 66, have a great sign out front, uh, and they're part of the state of Oklahoma's passport program. So travelers stop, get a stamp on their passport. Uh, if they're lucky, they might get uh, a tour of the fire engine and stuff like that, and especially for international visitors. Uh, that's a, a big treat because it's very different. Uh, but then you come in, you've got that gateway arch right there by Daylight Donuts, which is the formal welcome to Tulsa on Route 66. And as you continue your way westward into town, uh, some neon starts to show up, like the Desert Hills is a very well-known neon sign there at the motel. Uh, Jack Patel and his family that own that have run it for years and are also beloved fixtures of the community, and they take really good care of that place. Vintage motels like that are hard to come by in Oklahoma, and especially places that are well-kept like that, um, we, we love and, and we, we support as much as we can. Uh, and then Tally's is right there at 11th and Yale, and if you've ever been by there at sunset when their neon clicks on, uh, you know that that's a good reason to stay overnight in Tulsa, is to wait for that to, so you can get your pictures. Uh, but you keep coming uh, westward. Uh, if you're into architecture, I tell folks there to just jog a little north and take a look at the Will Rogers High School because it's beautiful and it, our Art Deco architecture is a big reason why people spend time in Tulsa when they're traveling Route 66. Uh, and then, you know, once you kind of get past that, past TU, more neon thanks to that sign grant program, and you start to get to the 11th and Lewis area, especially once all the development that's there now, that's almost finished, is completed, that's going to be an absolute must park and explore the entire area. But of course now Motherwood Market is making it an, an absolutely wonderful place to stop. Tulsa's a big anchor, and whenever I talk to travelers that are planning a Route 66 trip or uh, are on their trip currently, Tulsa always gets high marks because not only are there so many things to see on the road, but you've got things that tie into the folks that are traveling it, like the Woody Guthrie Center downtown and the Bob Dylan Center now. There's a group of travelers that I talk with from the Czech Republic. This guy's been organizing tours of Route 66 for over 25 years of folks from the Czech Republic that do the whole road. And they now spend an extra day in Tulsa on this very meticulously planned trip because everybody wants to see the church studio and the Bob Dylan Center. And again, even though it's not on Route 66, it's part of that same vibe. And, and that's also something I really encourage is that don't just stick to the, between the two curbs on 66. There's so much else here for people to experience that you'll enjoy. So we are at the uh, Route 66 historical village, and I had never been here before yesterday. I came to scout as we were looking at a place to um, record the podcast. Describe for us uh, what you know about this place. So obviously, we've got the locomotive. We've got the cool depot back there, this nice big oil derrick and, and some other cool stuff. So the depot is a really wonderful, I'll, I'll call it a labor of love uh, that has had some support from the city. So the centerpiece of, of the Route 66 historical village is, is the beautiful Frisco Meteor 4500, a legit steam locomotive that used to travel from Oklahoma City to St. Louis, right along the Route 66 corridor. And so this park has really developed around that to become a testament to Tulsa's transportation history and how that developed over the years. And so you have a beautiful replica Phillips 66 station here now, the giant oil derrick, which is also a replica, uh, but of the tallest oil derrick in North America. 
um, the, the depot, which is an event center used to uh, kind of call attention to the history of this area, is not Tulsa, but Red Fork, uh, which is where oil was struck uh, that started the first wave of explorers to come out here that eventually led to the Glenpool oil and Tulsa becoming the oil capital of the world. So, uh, And they have lots of plans here to further expand with a replica of our original airport and all kinds of stuff. So it's definitely worth your time to come walk around. You kind of touched on this already, but I think people maybe underappreciate the amount of international visitors that we get. International tourism is huge. Before COVID, I would say about 80% of people that are traveling Route 66 are doing the whole thing and they're from outside of the country. You know, that's fluctuated a little bit, but they're coming back now that, you know, things are on the other side of all that. Uh, But I've met people from all over the world that it's either planned, they either say, hey, come talk to our tour group while we're here, or I'm just out here visiting with folks, and suddenly someone comes up and asks me, like, in, in broken English, you know, if I can take their picture in front of Buck or in front of the train here. Uh, and that leads to, oh, what are you guys doing? Oh, we're from Italy. We're on our honeymoon, and Route 66 is what we wanted to do. Or, oh, we retired and literally shipped our restored classic car to Chicago and are driving it out to L.A. It's incredible the amount of people that Route 66 to them represents the entirety of the American experience. Where did that mystique come from? Was it the old TV show, or where? How did that? How did that happen? There's a lot of sources for that. The TV show was one of them. Of course, the songs. Uh, but Route, the, that Route 66 shield is about as recognizable internationally as Coca-Cola or Mickey Mouse, and people associate that with just that kind of Western vista of freedom. The the Czech Republic folks I talked about to them, Route 66 represented what life would have would be like on the other side of the Iron Curtain before it fell, and so. You know, some of it's this real romantic notion, and for other people, it's kind of practical. You get to see big cities, small towns, farms, the desert, a little bit of everything. And, you know, I tell people I can drive for eight hours and still be in the same state, and you can kind of see their brain break a little bit, especially if they're from Europe. Uh, It's just a completely different kind of experience. So, Skyler, I suppose that uh, there are as many different reasons for why people like Route 66 as there are people. Everybody has a little bit of a different reason sometimes a very personal reason for liking Route 66. It was striking to me how Reese said it's such a recognizable logo, almost like McDonald's, even around the world. And I've, I've seen so many logos that are a, an offshoot of that highway badge, you know, whether it says 66 with something else above it. There's tons around town. I even have a Route 66 badge in my garage. And we found out, too, because uh, you guys are both Mustang aficionados, that uh, Reese has a very personal connection to the Mother Road, or in this case... The father road. Do you have a goal? What is something that you you're working toward? Is, is it awareness? Is it maybe attractions? We, you know, we talked about the sign markers on the streets. Is there something kind of down the road for you? Well, right now everything's gearing up towards the centennial, which is all about awareness. And for folks that want to help celebrate, we want to help make that successful for them. Uh, whether it's helping with uh, neon, helping with wayfinding. You know, the big thing we do every year is we put out a guide for free for everybody that has maps of each of the communities in Oklahoma. So it helps people find Route 66, stay on Route 66, and helps tell them what to see and do while they're on the road. You know, our our goal can never fully be achieved because it's just ensuring the road continues forward. And so every year it's it's the same bring, building awareness. Uh, there was a, a barn in Chandler, Oklahoma, that just a few days ago we were told some wind damaged it and it had a great mural for Merrimack Caverns on the side of it. 
big photo op for a lot of people. So we reached out to the landowner and said, what can we do? We don't have a lot of money, but we can send the call out for volunteers if you need them, or we can help raise some money if you need to. Um, that's the kind of thing that we do at the association, and we just, we just try to help everybody. So as we stand here just off of Southwest Boulevard, I'm looking at your car, your 2005 Mustang, which you said is your road warrior. Just, I think people get it, having heard you talk at great length and the knowledge you have of Route 66, but you don't just talk the talk, you, you drive the road. Tell me about your trips in this car. Uh, so this car is very special to me. This, this 05 Mustang was my father's. It was his baby. Uh, and in uh, 2011, he passed away very suddenly and unexpectedly. And, you know, as I was trying to sort through that very, like, shocking time in my life, you know, he had one payment left on the car. So I cleared it, and I'm like, okay, now what am I going to do? I could put it in the garage and just polish it and take it out for special occasions, or I could drive it. And that was right when I was getting into Route 66 and exploring, and I thought, well, I'm just going to drive it. So this car uh, has now been my companion uh, for all 2,448 miles of Route 66, uh, Chicago to LA. Uh, it has over 210 on it total, and I don't hesitate. If I want to go take a visit, take my camera somewhere, I hop in and go, because I get to take my dad with me, and uh, it's so it's, I love that car very much. Anything to add as a Mustang guy? <laughs> hey, no, you're, you're preaching to the choir here. You're speaking my language. I dig it. That is awesome. Well, Reese, thank you so much for talking about Route 66 with us and uh, being a part of Full Access OK, a brand new podcast. And uh, it's fun to, to talk to you since we've known each other so long. My pleasure. Thanks for having me out. And uh, if anybody wants to know more about the Oklahoma Route 66 Association, uh, you can join or just read more about us at www.oklahomaroute66.com. That's going to do it for our conversation with Reese Martin, the president of the Oklahoma Route 66 Association. Now, you couldn't plan this any better, Steve. We were standing there on Route 66, and as we were finishing up, we were talking about the 1942, the old retired Frisco 4500 steam engine. And then the current day, Tulsa Sepulpa Union train comes by. Yeah, that 10-mile line, I looked it up, is actually still in use every day, hauling freight between Tulsa and Sepulpa. That was so cool. Reese got his phone out. He's taking videos. I had to get some pictures of it, this sound of it. I mean, it was just perfect timing. So excellent way to wrap up our time at the Route 66 Historical Village. Thanks to the folks out there for uh, putting us up for a little bit to uh, record this podcast. We have a lot more to come here on Full Access OK, so be back with us next Thursday. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.